My name is Matt Miller, the campus pastor of New City Church Shawnee, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today, and a special thanks to those who give financially to New City. Your giving makes this podcast possible. Now, I hope today's message inspires you to trust in and live like Jesus. If it does, I want to encourage you to click and subscribe to our podcast, share it on social media, maybe even send it to a friend in need. Man, enjoy today's message. So, all those two announcements to say, we are continuing our series in Heroes of Faith. Um, and this faith that we find in Hebrews 11, and this hall of faith, as some may call it, um, this is how their faith became reality. And they trusted in the Lord's plan. And we've talked about Abraham and Jacob and Sarah and others and seeing that their faith in the Lord has changed the outcome of their story. Rahab, we see in her story shared in Hebrews 11, 30 through 31. And with her story, as I'm going to turn there right quick, is we see that not a normal story. And I'm going to be honest, when I read Rahab, I thought to myself, what am I going to talk about? And so Hebrews 11, 30-31 says this, By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after being marched around by the Israelites for seven days. By faith Rahab the prostitute welcomed the spies in peace and didn't perish with those who disobeyed. And so again, like I said, when I began to read the story of Rahab or when I began to process um, her story, I was like, man, what do I say? Um, when you read about Rahab, as you can see in verse 31, she was a prostitute in the city of Jericho. And we will see her story unfold from being fearful and scared of death, meeting spies from, Israel, from the Israelites' community, to helping them escape, and even her salvation before we're done with this story today. If you would like, you can go ahead and turn to Joshua 2, 8 through, 4, 8 through 24. Joshua 2, 8 through 24, and that's going to be the main passage that we're in um, this morning. And it'll be on the screens if you need it, but it'll be a second before I get there because, like I said, I've read over Rahab so many times, and actually, I've read over it two times probably. Let me not lie to you. There's not been many times that I go to the story of Rahab and I'm like, man, what does this say? And that's, that's me being completely transparent with you. And so when I, when I dove into this, the reason why I have not dove into it more was I've honestly just read over it and I went straight to the walls of Jericho, falling down, straight to the promise, straight to the blessing, and I missed something super key. I missed Rahab's faith that helped the Israelites conquer the city of Jericho and to see the Lord be faithful to his people. And not just God's people, but as he continued to meet Rahab, and as Rahab has now, we look back as she was, as she was and is God's people. Sometimes we miss God. We, sometimes we miss what God is doing because we are so focused on the blessing or the hope that God has promised us, and we don't realize that He is working way before the blessing. You know your story this morning. God is working way before the walls of Jericho come down. And and as I wrote that, that just took me back. We miss what God is doing because we're so focused on what he promised us or what we're hoping for, which is not a bad thing for us to hope and us for, to see the blessing, for us to see the promises that God has for us. But we can miss the journey. We can miss what God is doing. And like many times with this story today, I missed what God was doing 
2,000 years ago. I missed what God was doing in Rahab's life because I went straight to the promise. Throughout the whole Bible, God is working at all times, and especially working through all different types of people. Hear this. He is still doing that today and wants to do that today in you. He wants to work through you. Stop trying to fix everything before you come to Jesus. Or maybe it's you trying to do good so you earn God's favor. Um, see that it's God is pleased with you. Or see that in God's place today, he wants to dwell not in a building, but in you. Don't matter how much you messed up or what you've done, God is after you. He was after a prostitute, and he's after you today. And he's the same God that he was in that time as he is today. And he is after you. Rahab's faith inspires us in so many ways. And we'll, we'll talk about some of those today. As, before we just dive straight into this passage, I'm, I'm breaking it down um, into a smaller passage because we would be here forever. But if you look at before verses 8 that we're going to read, um, what you need to know, Moses has died and Joshua is in charge of leading the Israelites into the promised land. So here we go. We're going into the promised land. And Joshua is told to be strong and courageous from the Lord. You need to remember that. It's going to be super key. Joshua tells his people to get ready to go. But before they do, Joshua sends out two spies to the city of Jericho. When the spies arrived, they came to the house of a prostitute named Rahab. The king finds out that there are spies from the Israelites, and he sends to Rahab's house to bring them out. Rahab tells them at nightfall the men, that the men ran out of the city. She tells the guards, hey, they're gone, they ran, you need to go catch them. But Rahab had taken them to the roof and hid them. And now we are at verse 8. Now remember, this is like an extreme game of hide-and-seek. Anybody play hide-and-seek before? Yeah, this is what's happening with these spies. I mean, can you imagine, like, hiding for your life and you under a roof? Or, you know, I don't think we can get under roofs now. Maybe get in the soffit or, I don't know, um, in, the, in the attic. But getting underneath the roof, it was, you know, different in those days. But extreme gave them hot seat going on. We're about to see the Lord's faithfulness um, in this. So follow with me in verse 8. Before the men fell asleep, she went up to the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that the terror of you, uh, of you has fallen on us. And everyone who lives in the land is panicking because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did in Sion and Og, then two Amorite kings who completely destroyed across the, across the Jordan. When we heard this, we, lose, we lost heart, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God, for your, the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. Now please swear to me by the Lord that you will also show kindness to my father's family because I show kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that, you're, that you will spare the lives of my father, mother, brothers, sisters, and all who belong to them and save, us from, and save us from death. The men answered her, we will give our lives for you, for yours. If you don't report our mission, we will show kindness and faithfulness to you when the Lord gives us this land. Then she, then she let them down by a rope through the window where she lived in the house that was built into the, that was built into the house that was, oh my goodness, lived in a house that was built into the wall of the city. Go to the hill country so that the men pursuing you won't find you. She said to them, hide there for three days until they return. Afterward, go on your way. The men said to her, we will be free from this oath you, you made us swear, unless when we enter the land you tie the scarlet cord to the window through where you let us down. Bring your father, mother, brothers, and all your father's family into your house. 
If anyone goes out the door, uh, goes out the doors of your house, his death will be on his own fault, and we will be innocent. But if anyone with you in the house should be harmed, his death will be our fault. And if you report our mission, we are free from the oath you made, uh, you made us swear. Let it be as you say. She replied, and she sent them away. After they had gone, she tied the scarlet cord to the window, so the two men went into the hill country and stayed there three days until the pursuers had returned. They searched all along the way but did not find them. Then the men returned, uh, came down from the hill country and crossed the Jordan. They went to Joshua, son of Nun, and reported everything that had happened to them. They told Joshua, the Lord has handed over the entire land to us. Everyone who lives in the land is also panicking because of us. Everybody breathe. Right before they go to sleep, Rahab comes up to them and shares her faith in the Lord. This is what she says. She says, I know the Lord has given you this land, and the terror has fallen on this land. Everyone in the land were panicking because of the Israelites. She is sharing with them, hey, this is how we're feeling. We are scared. And see what she follows with. She follows these statements with what God has done. See, we've seen God's faithfulness in you, and we're scared of it. And the outcome was that they lost heart and their courage failed. One of the things that God told Joshua to have was be strong and courageous. It's amazing when you're fighting with the Lord versus against. We see Rahab's faith in the Lord. Clearly, she is crying out to keep our life, but she confesses who the Lord is. You're the God of heaven and of earth. You're over it all. And I, and I told myself to be slow here. She confesses who the Lord is. We see later on in chapter 6 that her family and her are not killed and that they are with the camp of Israel. They're with God's people. The main takeaway today and the main point that you can write down is faith changes your direction. We see in Rahab's story, she believes who God is. We see through her faith, her life changes direction drastically from destruction to being restored. Maybe your direction is you are not being obedient to what, the, what God has said, and you need to take that step today. Salvation comes through faith in Jesus, but we are still called to continue to work at our salvation Understand that I think a lot of us get stuck in this trap of, hey, I've, I've, given my, I've confessed faith to Jesus. He's Lord of my life. And then we stop there. We just stop at faith. And you don't see that in Rahab's life. You see her faith change her direction. We're called to work out our salvation. We're called to continue to grow in the knowledge of God. We're, continue to call, we're, we're called to grow closer to God. There will always be times once we are saved, we have to step out, trusting what God has said and, and what he's asking us to do. Faith in the Lord takes us to places where we would not have gone if it wasn't for the Lord. Sometimes it's not a physical destination, but it's a spiritual marker in our life that God's taking us. Sometimes it's not, hey, you need to go to Kansas City. Sometimes it's like, hey, I need to make this a new heart. I need you to change your mind, and I need you to go in a different direction. What you're doing, what you're thinking is not from me, and it's not of me. And I'm asking you in faith, God is saying this, I'm asking you in faith to change that, to trust me. When I was 18... I was driving back from Jonesboro, Arkansas. 
and uh, answered uh, to God's call in my life to, to pastor. Um, I knew I wanted to be a pastor, and I leaned towards church planting. And I think in that moment, I was pretty passionate about church planting. That's always been um, on my heart, um, is to church plant. But in that moment, I knew I needed to pastor. I knew God was calling me to lead. And God has put me in a place where I have the opportunity to do that. And when he calls me, I'll go out and do that. But right now, I'm in a spot where God is let me, he's letting me pastor these students. Um, he's letting me pastor um, adults as well, even as families. And so, again, later on, did I know when I got called at 18 that at 21, God would call me in the middle of my internship in my home church to Shawnee, Kansas? Like, I, was, I just got done doing banking, which I was hated. I was so stressed out every day. Um, and I stepped into uh, an internship, uh, internship at my home church. And, yeah, I was loving it. I'm like, dude, I where I want to be. Like, I'm about to graduate college. It'll be all good. And then I get a phone call from Matt to say, hey, we need a student pastor. And in my arrogant self, I'm like, oh, that's me. And, I'm, and then I'm like, put the phone away. I'm like, Adam, what did you just say? All right. And I knew I needed that step. And in that, in that week of that time, um, Matt's a fast mover. And if you don't know that, um, he wanted me to answer in the next two weeks of like what my decision was. And I'm like, bro, I still got to graduate. Now I got to find a place to live. And he's like, I oh, don't worry about all that. I'm like, eh, I kind of need to worry about that. No, Matt showed grace with me. He, he said, at one of the things that I said to him, I was like, man, I, I still got to graduate college. He said, he said, Adam, if you do not come up here because you want to graduate college, I'm going to bust your butt. And that was him loving me. And that was him saying, hey, you know there's colleges up here, right? And so now I'm at KU, rock chalk, let's go. Um, Again, I guess people at Kansas needed Jesus too. And so now I'm here in Shawnee, Kansas, and people are making fun of my accent, Angel. And other people too. We see in Rahab's story, her and her true faith that we see in um, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, this is what Hebrews 11.1 1 says. Now, faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. See, Rahab had a hope. She had a reality to say, hey, I know, I, I trust that God is going to do so. I'm going to put my faith in the Lord. And the second point today, faith will have action. James says, faith without works is dead. Well, does that mean if I don't have works or I don't have action that I don't have salvation? No. But it does bring into question, do you truly believe in the good news of Jesus, Jesus' life, and realize others need to see and hear that? Do you know that, man, Jesus is wanting to make me a new creation? Am I walking in that new creation? If I know I'm dead in my sin and without Jesus I'm hopeless, you bet that's going to push me to tell that to the world, to be a witness, to love others. Rahab's faith was not just about believing who God was and seeing her need for him, but she followed that with helping God's people from getting caught. Ultimately, so that they could go back and destroy the city she and her family lived in. Like, are we seeing this? She lives in this city, and now God is calling her to have faith in him, or she's, she's building up this faith to have faith in what God is doing to go be with the Israelite communities. But reality was, when the city of Jericho fell down, they were still there. 
Can you imagine just chaos being around you? And maybe, the, maybe you can side with this. Maybe you can empathize with this. The chaos around you, and you're going, what is happening? But for some reason, you're okay. For some reason, things are working out. Or maybe you're like, Adam, things aren't working out for me. Things are not going well. And we're going to get there in a second. But I would, I would encourage you in those times and in those moments when everything's crashing down around you, where's your faith at? Where's your faith standing? And again, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because I believe Hebrews 12, after all this hall of faith, gives us great insight on how to handle that. Her faith fueled her action to keep the spy safe. Though her faith, um, through her faith, God rescued her and her family. God doesn't need perfection in you. He wants a faithful servant that he can use. Someone who says, here I am, choose me. Here I am, send me. Your faith may look different. But I know God did not just call me to serve his church. I know God did not just call me to disciple others. I know God did not just call me to love others. He's calling you that too as well. Or even, it's God is asking you to repent from something. I know God's asked me to repent from stuff in my life. Maybe God's telling you to, hey, change your mind and go in a different direction. Trust me, I got it all worked out. Trust me, I'm going to take care of you. I'm with you. Or even is he's telling you and calling you in a direction, and you just got to trust him. And God's saying, I, I, I tr- God is above and from for me to you, don't worry about it. He'll take care of it. Just like he found me a place to live up here, just like he found me a college to go to. What the interesting thing was is I got called in the middle of my semester at college at Arkansas State. And when God called me, I had a decision to make. Hey, well, I'll take a semester off and then go in the fall at KU or I'll continue on at Arkansas State. Well, I'm in the middle of my teaching. And so there's not a lot of basic or online classes and so I really was like, okay, how am I going to get, you know, 12 hours to keep my scholarships for next year? What was so fun is I built a really good relationship with a teacher, and she changed in-person classes, three in-person classes, to all online. And that was just one way that I just had to say, yes, I'm going to Shawnee, Kansas. And God said, hey, I'm taking care of you this semester. You're going to be able to go to school. Everything's going to be fine. You're going to continue on in college. And that's just one of those little ways that God took care of me. One of those little ways that God was going before me, and through relationships and through his favor, I was able to continue on. Here in this story, overall we see God's grace and love for his people. Two weeks ago we took middle schoolers um, to a Christ and Youth Conference, like I said, in four full days of that. And the theme was, Jesus is for all forever. And I had this cool little bracelet, and I love it. Like, it's sweet. Like, and we had our little theme on it. We were cat bats. It was really weird as a compound, um, compound animal. Um, I know you don't care about that. But, um, but it, and the, whole, the whole theme of the week was Jesus is for all forever. And today, he is for all in this room forever, for all eternity. And for the middle schoolers that didn't get to go, Jesus is for all and forever. He's for you. And for the ones that got to go, you got to experience what that looked like and to see other hundreds of students proclaim that. Anybody seen The Sandlot? Pretty famous movie. 
Um, what came to mind was when the, when the ball goes over the fence and they talk about it's gone forever, forever. Jesus is forever. He's forever. He's forever. And Jesus is for you to the end of the time, and you just need to have faith in who he is and that his life was real and his life is sufficient. Third point, God is faithful to provide for his people. God had a plan to tear down Jericho. He had a plan to use Rahab to get to the spies in and out of Jericho to later conquer that place. He provided safety for the spies, but he also provided all who had faith. Rahab got to witness God's faithfulness with his people through her faith. Through her faith, Rahab received courage and salvation, not just from death, but I I believe eternal salvation with God. Do you remember what Rahab said? The people were panicking and their courage was failing. The first thing God told Joshua was to be strong and courageous. Sometimes God's faithfulness is to help us out spiritually. Sometimes maybe you're weak this morning. God is faithful to provide for his people. He may not take you out of the trial, but he is enough and he is sufficient to help you withstand the trial, to grow in your salvation. That's sometimes hard to hear. God's not, there's a lot of times God is not looking to pull you out of that situation, but leave you in it. One, maybe to be a witness, but also for perseverance, to grow your character, to, pull, to grow in your salvation, to lean into your faith. So after you get out of that situation, God can use you in other areas in your life. But understand that God is with you. That you may be struggling this morning, but God's with you. God is not just faithful when we are, but always. He is always faithful. He's not wavering. He's steadfast. If you're in the room today and you're tired of losing faith, hear this. Psalms 34, 4 through 6. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and he rescued me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant with joy. Their faces will never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him from all his troubles. Anybody heard that before? Anybody sang that song before? Shane and Shane sings this song, and I encourage you to go listen to it. Now, again, I could spend a ton of times and spend a ton of time in Psalms 34, but I can't because I'd be here for 20 more minutes. And it's so important that you see that look to the Lord this morning. In your fear, your troubles, your sin, he is for you. He loves you. Run to him. I was looking at that passage this morning, and it shared that when, when David wrote that, that was when he was acting like a crazy man in front of the king. And I thought that was so ironic that David was fearing for his life. That's why he was doing that. And he, in that moment, wrote this psalm of, I'm hurting, I'm scared, Lord, I need you. And maybe that's your cry today, that you are in desperate need of the Lord today. Maybe you're in that moment where you feel like everything's crumbling around you, and you feel like you're crumbling as well. I would say run to him. And here's where we see this story come full circle. If you look at Matthew chapter 1, 5 and 6, you read, Salmon fathered Boaz by Rahab. Boaz fathered Obed by Ruth. Obed fathered Jesse, and Jesse fathered King David, and on and on and on. And if you go to the very end of Matthew chapter 1, you see the lineage of Jesus. 
Rahab's faith changed her direction from being a prostitute to meeting Salmon and being a part of the genealogy of Jesus. Being Jesus' great, 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 great grandmother and on and on and on. Her faith shows us how to trust the Lord in a hard situation, even when there is no hope. And through Hebrews 11 and all these Bible truths that we've read are God's faithfulness to restore his people. Last point. And Ben, you can go ahead and come on up here. Through Jesus, we are able to be restored. God's plan was to conquer sin and death forever, eternally taking that away from eternally taking that away from those who trust in Jesus. That is what Hebrews is all about. Is looking to Jesus, the founder and protector of our faith. We look to Jesus. He's the new high priest. That is, this is Hebrews' push the whole time. If he is showing that, hey, the old is gone, the new has come, Jesus has fulfilled it, Jesus is perfect, Jesus doesn't have to die again, he's only died once, and it's sufficient. Jesus wants to restore you. Jesus is all we need. Jesus is the only way to heaven because he's the only sufficient sacrifice. His perfection was the ultimate sacrifice to forgive our sins forever to be for us forever, to be for you forever. Jesus' blood covers all of our sin, past, present, future. And those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. God doesn't care who you are, what you've done, the lies that you've been told. He died in your place. He has a plan for your life, and he wants to use you. And that is what, and if that's you today, I encourage you, to believe in the good news of Jesus' life, to turn from sin, to continue to run to Jesus. See your need for Jesus this morning. Call out to him today and confess him as Lord of your life and believe he truly rose from the grave. And he's alive. And that you need his forgiveness. What do you need to put down this morning? What, who do you need to put your faith, what do you need to put your faith in is in the Lord that he will take care of your problem, your situation, the trial you're facing. Maybe you're not walking in faith. Maybe you're trying to do it on your own. Maybe you're trying to use your own wisdom. Maybe you're trying to see that, hey, this was successful for this other guy. I'm going to try it. And I would encourage you, go to the Lord. What is the Lord telling you to do? Put your faith in the Lord this morning, maybe for the first time in your life. Or maybe you have a relationship with the Lord and you're just not trusting him with what he's put before you. If you need to talk... Um, about this today. Find me or find somebody that you know that loves Jesus, that has a relationship with him. And we would love to walk with whatever the Lord has laid in your heart. Let me pray for us and we will continue with worship. Lord, I thank you for this morning. Lord, I pray as, um, Lord, some may be lacking in faith. Um, some may be having a hard time. Um, some may be um, feeling like they are hopeless. Or some may be feeling the call of salvation on their life this morning. That, Lord, you don't care what they've done. That, Lord, you're with them. You're for them forever. And, Lord, I just pray that you go to the people this morning, that you don't just dwell in this place, but you dwell in our hearts and that you awaken a spirit in us of faith to go, hey, you know what? I'm going to go live this out. I'm going to, this may change my direction, but, Lord, you have a plan for my life and you're going to take care of it. You're going to take care of me. Lord, I pray all these things in your name. Amen.